Hello, welcome to the New Today podcast. My name is Cameron August, and today we're going to be talking about education. I have Mr. Paul Bryce on today to give a little insight on his experience with the pandemic and how COVID-19 has affected our education and how we are now learning virtually. Hello there, Mr. Bryce. How's it going? Uh, So far, uh, I'm enjoying the summer vacation. How are you? Pretty good. So today we're going to be talking about education. And because you are a math teacher and one of my previous math teachers, I wanted to get your wisdom on the topic, especially during this pandemic, since it's changed so drastically now that we're do- that now that we have done online classes. So I want to start off by first asking you to introduce yourself and letting the audience know who you are. Okay. Uh, so my name is Paul Bryce. I uh, grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and then went to uh, college in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, and I got in four years, at, at the time it was a four-year program, I got my um, my teaching credential to teach uh, secondary math. Uh, but Madison, Wisconsin was a desirable area to live, uh, as it is still today. So uh, not many teaching jobs there. So luckily, uh, a friend of mine um, had a sister that was living in California and heard they were needing a math teachers in California. So she mailed us applications and we both applied and I ended up getting a job offered that August and I moved uh, to uh, Modesto and I taught there for two years. Uh, During that time, I met a California girl who was also a math teacher. And then we moved uh, to uh, Southern California. And then I taught uh, eight years middle school here at uh, De Gagnon Middle School. And then I've been at San Diego High School Academy the last 24 years uh, teaching math and being uh, department chair or co-department chair for most of that time. So how many years total was that? It was about going to say 34. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's a long Hard time of teaching. Yeah, it definitely. is. So specifically you spent most of your time at SCA or, or where I, where I've gone to high school for the last four years now, right? Yes. Yeah. The majority of my time. Yes. And so would you say that SDA in particular has had a, um, progressive form of education compared to other parts of, or, or other places that you've taught? Um, I would say yes. And I know um, when uh, the school went from being San Diego High School to uh, San Diego High School Academy, uh, there was a big uh, push to uh, reform the school because they were concerned that um, people, uh, students uh, wouldn't choose to attend that school since they were building a new high school in the district. So they really rethought uh, the structure of the school. And that's why we go by what's called the four by four, the quarter system in a sense, kind of like a college schedule. Uh, where you finish your classes in the fall and you have uh, new classes in the spring. Uh, But they definitely uh, made it uh, an interesting place to work uh, where all the new teachers that were going there had to interview for that job and uh, present uh, kind of your teaching style and your philosophy. And they really tried to, um, I don't know, make it more student-centered and try to make decisions that would make uh, the students have a rich high school experience as opposed to that typical uh, high school experience that usually is uh, part of a parody of some comedy movie yeah because before i got into high school uh, there was the locally there was the split between going to lcc or uh, sda which are just two very close high schools next to each other Uh, and you know lcc was known as this sports school at least four years ago apparently now they've changed but i i disagree (laughs) so (laughs) so sda for me at least it was very 
very much student driven and it was a great experience. But now that we're in the pandemic, right, everything switched to online very quickly. And I remember when we started hearing that, hey, we could possibly shut down our school. Like there's a chance we might not be coming back. I remember it was March 12th, right? That's a Thursday. I remember telling you, I'm not going to be coming back to school tomorrow. Uh, if I don't see you next week, goodbye. And that's the last time I saw you. Do you remember that? I remember that. We were in homeroom and you were asking me, I remember you asking me, should we really be at school right now? <laughs> and I'm thinking, probably not. Yeah. So then that next day, the 13th, uh, you know, you had the orders come in, you know, oh, we're not going to be back next Monday, starting next Monday. And I was told by a friend, uh, you know, it was just complete panic. And she said that she said that she was having she was watching everybody melt down and it was just so intense. And they they played games. They didn't do any work. And I was at home, just, you know, away from this. <laughs> and I wish I could have been there just to see how everyone reacted. But uh, I've been, you know, everyone's been stuck to viewing everybody's uh, pandemic life now on the Internet. So it's kind of crazy. Right. And I wanted I really wanted to understand the uh, education side to it, because to me, for me personally, the, the two academic classes I did have for this last semester were very, very easy in terms of being online. Mm-hmm. So how did you transition from first uh, teaching, you know, at school to to going online? How did you how did you feel about that? Yeah, and it's a, it's a good question, because on that Friday, which was March 13th, there wasn't going to be school the following week. And they're looking at me asking me, what does this mean? And what are we doing? And I'm like, I haven't checked my email. I don't know. So we had no idea that we were going to close. Uh, and we had no, um, and we didn't have like a school-wide announcement, just information that was sent uh, either uh, by public email to uh, the families, including the students. And everybody's looking at each other, wondering what does this mean? And we had no idea. So I remember the end of that day, um, all I knew was that we weren't coming to school the following week. And that's all we were told. So I remember the end of the day, it's 310, all of my students were gone and I'm looking around my classroom thinking, so what do I do? Should I bring things home? If I'm not coming here, am I, what am I doing next week? So very weird feeling, very uh, kind of eerie uh, and just like not quite sure what was happening and not quite sure if I should pack a lot of things to take home to try to do some work or not. Uh, and then the following week, um, I think probably on Monday, uh, we were told that we were not to do any instruction for that first week. Uh, they just wanted the families to have time at home. Everything kind of shut down in the whole county. Uh, so they wanted uh, families to kind of adjust to that. They wanted us to adjust to that. And they said there was going to be no instruction. So don't try to teach anything and don't try to uh, plan something that you uh, thought uh, might be like a viable option for teaching from home. Uh, and then later on that week, uh, they said um, 
we would start up again with a little bit of content the following week. It was the end of our uh, third quarter. So we had three more weeks or two more weeks of instruction after that first week off. Um, so it was a weird experience. And I know as teachers, and I talked to other teachers during that first week, we were looking online trying to figure out, so what are we doing? How are we going to make this work? Uh, and definitely... Um, feeling confused and feeling that there's lots of resources online and many companies stepped up and said, you can use our resources for free. They normally charge for them, uh, but they really wanted us to have those resources available, which is good to get us exposed to that. Uh, but that week was just spent looking at things online. Team was to uh, restart um, and uh, feeling uh, kind of overwhelmed by almost like too much to look at and too much to take in. Pretty much, it was just an overwhelming experience. And so I'm guessing that you haven't experienced something oh, in your entire career uh, in this magnitude, right? You've had past, yeah, no. past pandemics like years, years ago, but that's way before your time, right? Right. And, and two different times we had school canceled for a week for fires, but we had like a full week off. Um, but that was... That, but that was just a uh, temporary and they knew it was going to be temporary. So there wasn't any, there was no push at all to try to teach online. That was just a week off just to uh, kind of come down and let the fires die down and gain control. So yeah, different experience. Yeah. I remember that. I definitely remember that time. Um, I was, I was going to ask you to compare that actually to this pandemic. Clearly now that we've had, what was it? Some three months off of school rather than the two weeks, it's a dramatic difference. And also it's the end of, uh, high school for some, such as myself, who, you know, didn't get to do those common activities that seniors are always looking forward to. So I want to ask you, what would you say to the seniors who missed out on uh, their last year at high school? So, you know, it's funny. We were talking as teachers about this and most teachers I talked to agreed that they really don't have a lot of memories of the end of high school. Like, although there's a lot of activities and saying goodbye as a senior. Um, so it's definitely hard at the moment, I think, to not have those things come up when you know they were expected. Um, but I think it's interesting uh, that they will certainly have that experience when they're older and they can tell people, oh, yeah, I remember the pandemic and I was in high school a senior year and we went home for the rest of the year and people all wore masks and all the stores were closed. Um, and for some kids that I've talked to, I said, you're going to have a story to tell. And I said, you won't forget that story. So it's going to be a memorable event. And people, when you're older, people will have a hard time understanding that you actually did that unless they see pictures or they have a common experience later on. Uh, but people that aren't alive now or that are really young right now, that's going to be kind of history for them that they might see in pictures or maybe a news story. Uh, but you'll have that story to tell because uh, you lived it. Uh, and it's um, it's a big deal. Uh, it's, it's hard. It's kind of hard to have it happen because you don't realize how big of a deal it is. But I sometimes like watching the news because you realize it's the whole world and it's a big deal and what and things that are shut down. And sometimes it's helpful even to like to drive around town and realize, wow, things are really different and they're going to be different for a long time. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, I know and how I kind of went about this, uh, my whole mindset with uh, the pandemic and missing out on those opportunities. I think that, you know, high school, those experiences, like you said, are such a small blip in your life that when you're older, you, you're probably not going to remember them. And I think that because now we're living in history, like you said, we're going to remember this. And I also believe that this is a very, very 
important moment in our lives, especially, you know, transitioning into adulthood to where we're learning such a valuable lesson on reality and things aren't always going to go the way you want them. For me in particular, I had huge plans to, you know, do something uh, active during this summer. But now that that is out of the window, I can't just go, you know, volunteer or get a good job. And so now we're stuck at home. And so we have to learn how to live essentially a virtual life. Um, I know a lot of people now during the summer are, are exiting their houses and, um, you know, having a typical summer. Uh, it's almost like a social end of the pandemic. Yet it's not over. And we're going right. to you're going to see spikes in the fall. And uh, that's, you know, when we're going to go back to, to school and for you, I'm guessing that if you, if we do go, if you do go back to campus, right, the first few weeks of fall, more than likely there will be spikes again and you'll be back to a, a virtual learning experience. So how do you, how do you think that you're going to prepare for, you know, these next seniors that will have to experience their senior year yeah, uh, it's interesting you bring that up today because there's a big article about uh, decisions that were made uh, just in the county about going back to school and all the guidelines you have to follow. Um, so, um, yeah, and, and some students have asked me recently, so what are we doing this fall? Are we going to start off uh, doing a remote learning from home or are we going to be back at school a little bit? Uh, and I know uh, some people that uh, have kids in the district, uh, the families have gotten um, this fall would look like, but also what may, what do they feel comfortable with, like going back to the classroom or not? Uh, and they did ask the teachers that same uh, or similar uh, set of questions, a very few questions, but just they wanted to get a sense of uh, kind of where we stand um, in general, like do we, would we in general rather do online teaching or in the classroom or maybe a blend of each. So I know the district is taking all that information and trying to decide um, what to do um, with uh, the time coming up. Uh, and we were just told to uh, check our email because they, I don't think they know what they're going to do. Um, and I know uh, a lot of schools would like students to be in the classroom part-time at least. Um, but you're right, I don't see it lasting. And I was at uh, campus uh, two days ago, just dropping off some books and things that I've had and just realizing uh, there's just not a way to socially distance students. If you have less kids per class, uh, the hallways are only so wide. So you'd have to have some kind of high tech staggered uh, enrollment time where every kid would be given a time to enter the hallway and get to the classroom. And it just seemed to be so slow and it just wouldn't work out very well. Uh, I have several students that really had a hard time adjusting to uh, both being at home and uh, trying to learn and trying to set up a schedule when they uh, didn't have a class to attend. Uh, and also uh, many students said that they just don't learn very well by just watching a screen and uh, watching a video and trying to make sense of it. Um, they need that live body to uh, ask some questions and they want to ask questions, that interaction piece. Uh, so my preference would be um, to uh, do a, a online teaching for this first semester this fall. Uh, but more important than that, I really want them to decide. Then I can kind of uh, prepare for uh, the new school year. Yeah, it's such an interesting concept to uh, have to learn essentially and teach yourself. Because how I felt, you know, with calculus this last semester was that, yeah, I'm watching this video, but what I'm really listening for is, um, you know, what topic are we talking about? Uh, and okay, 
get off the call. Now I'm going to Google and watch Khan Academy or find some video to explain it. Would you be open to that kind of, you know, way of teaching, not just with, you know, Google meets or zoom meetings, but instead with, uh, Hey, like check out this video I made. It's, you know, 20 minute long, um, kind of deal. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, and we did make videos, but we were told as teachers because we're part of the the Google suite, uh, so oh, we're yeah, all yeah. involved in the Google products. So we could only use a uh, Google uh, Meet to uh, record videos and post videos, and they didn't want us to. Uh, it was kind of a big question mark of should we be recording time when students are also at the Google Meet and should that be recorded and posted or is there privacy issues? And that never really got resolved. If you have a document camera, you're just showing yourself writing on some paper. Uh, it's not a studio. You don't have a whiteboard. You don't have a camera that's really showing. Uh, and like you see some of those people that have a, a lot of uh, like math videos on their YouTube channel, uh, they're set up. They have lighting, they have a camera, they really do a good job with that and the audio is good. Uh, we were thinking just as teachers, if we're going to do this online thing this fall, um, it would be so much better to be in our classroom and be recording the video then and just being able to use the whiteboard. And we have a projector and we have supplies there. Um, and then they could see the teacher teaching and um, that would be a much more, I don't know, more realistic situation than it is to watch somebody either just drawing on paper and all you do is hear their voice and they're doing a math problem for you. Uh, I think it'd be better to actually make full on lessons where you have the teacher like they're in the classroom and you're with them. And then you would, you know, say, Hey, all right, right now, pause the video and I want you to work on this. And then they actually do that. And you can make it a little more engaging um, and a little more realistic uh, because I think it's super easy to tune out when you're watching a video and you don't see the person. And they did tell the teachers it's really important when you do make the video, don't just record your hand and writing things down or just your voice. They said, make sure part of your video session has you and you're talking to them. They want to, they said that's important just for their uh, social emotional health is that they, oh, they see the person that's talking at first and then you can go and record whatever you're doing. But they wanted that, that image of you talking and have that be part of your video uh, just to make them a little more connected to the experience. Yeah, the, the part where you said that, you know, if you guys have access to the classrooms and you guys get back into your uh, natural environment, if you can make those videos, you know, with you in front of the whiteboard, that would be so ideal. And, you know, it would be almost like the student is there. And I think that would be very beneficial rather than how we've had it this last semester. But then again, you know, we didn't, you didn't have time to prepare. So there wasn't much you could do. Right. But I think, you know, thinking about the, a way to make it as normal as possible is the key into uh, engaging the students back into how they were doing it. Because not everybody can teach themselves at home. Not everybody has, uh, you know, a good connection to stay on a live video chat because it's always um, cutting out and in, you know, if the teacher doesn't record their, you know, live feed, then that, that whole segment of what they were talking about could be lost. So having those videos where, like you said, having them be able to pause it and go back, that would be really important to, uh, to have that the ability to, you know, be back at school essentially. Right. 
So, cause I'm, I'm starting college and that is so scary because it's not the same as high school. If I was still in high school, I'd be like, okay, yeah, like I'm familiar with the teachers. It's very comfortable, but I'm going into a whole nother system. And that's kind of intimidating because, you know, I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know if they're going to, I can't, you know, email the professors and be like, Hey, uh, you guys should uh, make videos on, uh, with the, uh, with the whiteboard in the background, like how I'm telling you, you know what I mean? (laughs) It's different. Yeah, they're they're trying to figure it out. You're right. Just like that. They don't know what they're doing. So, yeah, yeah, especially because I'm going to be a freshman in college. You know, you're supposed to have this experience of living in the dorms, going uh, and living that freshman experience. I won't be able to have that just as I wasn't able to have um, my senior experience, my, you know, but at the same time, like I said, this is a learning experience. In the end, those experiences as important as they may seem in the moment are not important overall in life. And, you know, it's how you get past those barriers of, Hey, I can't go to the classroom and learn like normal. That's, you know, that's kind of a great learning experience if you can come overcome that. Right. And I, it's interesting you say that because I was talking to a friend whose daughter just graduated from college and um, he said her whole time when she was in college, they had online learning. Uh, and I think in most high schools, there isn't, at least we haven't had an online piece. We might submit documents like through Google Classroom, but that's not online learning. That's just an electronic way to collect papers and, uh, and record you know, scores. Um, so I, uh, and we definitely had, um, uh, a, a flexible grading policy this last quarter because students were forced to be at home and trying to figure it out for those who aren't coping very well with it. Um, we need to give them the support they need so they can, just because I think that's a good, um, lesson to kind of work through and kind of master that ability because I think the online learning piece is, is going to be a part of everyone's future, uh, just in the nature of going to college. If you get a job, they want you to do some training. Uh, both of my sons, they do different trainings for their jobs at different times. Uh, it's a lot of it's online. Yeah, I didn't even think about all the uh, online college courses that already existed because you've I've seen all the ads. Oh, uh, online university. Yeah, I think it's going to be a weird experience if we do go back in the spring because we just had this whole first semester um, online. We might get used to it. And then you're like, oh, hey, uh, come on, come come into the dorms and then uh, live this college life. And you only have such a small amount of time to get to get used to that. Right. So I think it's definitely going to be interesting. Yeah. You might fight that by saying, what, I have to go to class at nine. Are you serious? I think I'm busy at nine. (laughs) Yeah. I, my, the college I'm going to go to, they gave us the opportunity to have a few students come back. I think it's, it's prioritized to those out of their um, residential zone Mm -hmm. and freshman students. But it was something like 3,000 students. What they're going to have them do is put them in apartment-style dorms. So it's off campus, and it's only going to be one or two people in that um, apartment, right? They have their own kitchen. They have their own bathroom. Huh. But I've, there's a, there's a lot of issues with that. Because once they get comfortable in those apartments, there's going to be some students who are going to be like, hey, um, we've all been kind of, you know, in these apartments. These, this is our group of um, students who are on the campus. You want to go to this party? 
and you'd be like, oh yeah, that's fine. And then it's just going to have a whole right. other outbreak in that local, um, local zone. So I chose to opt out. I ch- canceled my license agreement and I'm staying home, but I'm also local. I'm not that far away from the campus, even though I'm out of the residential area. Right. And so if there is a lab that I have to commute to, that's definitely possible. But for the, for the freshmen who are out of state, they're not going to be able to commute as easily. And so there's opportunities for some students that other students won't get. And it's not equal. And so part of me should, even if there was the ability to have those few thousand people and maybe on the campus, kid available. What was that? So maybe they're doing that, like you said, maybe they're doing that just in case some people have classes where you have to have lab time and, it, and you just can't commute. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it's only so so many students that have that opportunity because they're right. prioritizing. I mean, they are prioritizing those those students who um, who are out of the residential area, which is good. But that's not all of them. They can't get huh. every person, which it's unfortunate. Yeah, and I and I know one student that's going to college, and the dorms are going to be open, uh, but they're still doing all virtual classes. And I said, isn't that going to be weird to be in a dorm? but there's like no student activities. I don't see the benefit of when I mean, you have a dorm experience, but that's it. So. Yeah. Some of my friends are going to uh, colleges, you know, out of state that are having their dorms open. And like you said, if they have virtual learning inside those dorms, you're going to feel like you're in a prison. <laughs> yeah. You know, again, you're going to get comfortable and you're going to go next, uh, next door to your, uh, you're going to create your own bubble with some people in the, the dorm next door. And then you don't know, you know, you, there's just, it's so unpredictable. Yeah. They could be, you know, talking to somebody else in a different dorm and you don't know about, but they don't want to, they don't want to sever ties with the communication they have with you in their bubble. So they don't tell you. And then there's just going to be, it's trust and, and, um, lying is going to be such a big deal with these types of environments. Yeah. Well, then typically colleges have lots of activities uh, organized for freshmen just to meet and get used to the campus and to meet each other. Uh, And I'm sure with the pandemic, they won't have any of that. Yeah, it definitely isn't the same. But um, for, you know, those students who are staying home and are like myself and who are going to be doing uh, virtual learning, what are essentially what are some good habits to live a virtual life, uh, especially you know, virtual learning. You know, I, I guess it matters how the instruction is delivered um, because they made a big, um, a big uh, deal when we went home for this uh, last quarter that they wanted us, they used the terms uh, synchronous and asynchronous. And uh, synchronous would be, I'm going to teach a lesson and it's going to be at, you know, 930 and it's going to be Mondays and Wednesdays and you have to tune in. And if you miss it, you've missed it and you can't see it again. And then async lesson, I'm going to record it so you can attend like when I record it, if you want to see me live, but there's going to be a recording, then you can watch it at any time. Um, and I think that flexibility was definitely useful for some kids 
But I think for other kids and some parents that I talked to, they really wished that there was some accountability and a schedule the kids had to follow because it was too freeform and they just didn't follow any schedule and got kind of trapped by that. Uh, but I think I would uh, map out the classes that I was taking and uh, kind of the requirements of how much content do I need to observe at, in a, a video setting uh, and just uh, make a schedule and pretend, okay, this is my this is my schedule. I'm doing this class at 8.30 and this class at 10, and that's gonna be my Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Tuesday, Thursday, I have an afternoon class and I'll do my homework. So I think although it's um, probably going to be flexible as far as when you view the video, and my students that were really successful this last quarter, uh, they were the ones that, and we had, um, we had um, a live question and answer session for every class period. So we met three days a week. Um, and it didn't matter if it was eight in the morning or 10, 20 or whenever, uh, some students were always there and, uh, they commented that they liked getting up early and having a schedule because it just made them felt, I don't know, kind of purposeful and they're making progress showing up once in a while and kind of getting off track. Uh, so I would say whatever your classes are, uh, make a schedule. And if there is no schedule and you just have like assignments for the week, uh, try to pick it apart and say, all right, this is what I'm going to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So you feel like you're accomplishing getting all your content and getting your work done. Um, I think you'll just feel, um, you'll feel more like a student and you'll feel more productive if you do that. Yeah, I agree. I've been trying to make my own schedule. Um, not even with learning anything right now, just, uh, you know, wake up at this time, even if I don't have to because it's summer. I think it's important to have that structure in your life because you we right now we can't, you know, go out and do whatever to fill those, you know, voids that normally we would have, you know, gone to the beach or go get go eat at a restaurant. And it's much better to have it scheduled like what time you wake up, what time you eat than having, oh, I'll just eat at this time. Oh, I'll, I'll sleep at this time. Because then, you know, it it's for sanity reasons too. Right. And you can schedule some downtime. Like, here's my hour. I'm going to watch some random YouTube videos or I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to uh, do some research on something. But you're right. That's definitely uh, and just and have a variety of things you're doing. So. It's definitely easy to stay inside. Uh, our younger son uh, has a job where he has to work from home. But with the pandemic, uh, he doesn't ever leave home. Uh, and I spent 17 hours a day in my bedroom because that's where his office is. And he goes, I just need to make sure to get out once in a while. So, I mean, you need to put that in your schedule. And if you keep a calendar and you check it, uh, it might sound ridiculous, but maybe it's walk around the block and that. You know, it was, oh, I got to do this now. That's right. I forgot about that. Otherwise, it's easy to kind of get stuck in your rut and you don't realize that uh, you're kind of going downhill in your um, your variety of your activities. Yeah, it's so true. It's It's important to make this life right in the pandemic and being quarantined uh, a good positive normal now rather than a chaotic random, uncertain time, because then your stress levels are just going to increase so dramatically, exponentially that you're going to, you know, want to leave your house. And then at some point you might break and, you know, that you're going to either cause harm to yourself or others, depending on, you know, who you've come in contact with. So I think, I think this, 
new way of life is going to be very, very interesting, especially going into the fall semester for those who are still in college or still in high school or even in elementary school. Because I know my sister who's in elementary school, they, you know, their system is not yet determined. And it's scary because they don't know if they're going to go back or if they're going to stay. Right. And their attention span is so small it must be very difficult for the teachers who are teaching younger students to keep them intact. <laughs> yeah. Some friends of ours had talked about that and they go, yeah, it's really hard when you're trying to do like an online question and answer session with like fourth graders and you realize they really need me in the room to remind them to pay attention, but I'm not there. <laughs> so yeah. they're just kind of looking around and it's just, you can't, you can't, you, you can't use physical presence to remind them, oh, yeah, I'm at school right now. Yeah. Uh, so that's the that's challenge. Yeah. All righty. Well, I think that about covers all my questions and uh, concerns for, you know, virtual learning uh, during this pandemic. Uh, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to, you know, sit down and talk to me. It's been a very, very interesting. All right. I enjoyed it. Do you, uh, do you want to say anything to those you know, the class of 2020, both in high school and college, final, a final, uh, final words of wisdom. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, I think, uh, most important, and this is uh, good for anybody. Uh, and it's, you know, there's always, it's always good to do things that make you feel uh, good and purposeful. Uh, I think, um, a couple of things that people can do definitely is a uh, call. Uh, you can call people, talk to them. You can do FaceTime with people. Uh, so that's always uh, my recommendation. I certainly feel better if I make something or if I fix something or make something better or if I contact some people. Uh, and, and like you mentioned earlier, uh, that whole sense of feeling sane uh, is important because uh, a lot of our daily um, activities uh, are still, um, if they're not canceled, then they're slowly being reopened. They're not quite the same yet. So we got to keep our sanity. Awesome. Well said. Well, thank you again. Uh, hope you stay well. All right. You too, Cameron. Thanks very much.